0: If you're interacting with a child on a Zoom call or on Facebook, or uh, if you have a video and you're pushing it out and you're wanting to make sure that children uh, see that video, uh, and there's an opportunity at any point whatsoever for them to
1: input any kind of information, you are
0: collecting information.
1: Hello and welcome to another episode of Law and Church, a podcast for church leaders. My name is Brian Fitton. I'm here with Josh Bryant, managing attorney at Church General Counsel and an ordained pastor. Hey Josh, uh we are recording remotely today. How are you doing? Hanging in there. Still social distancing. Social distancing. The the word of twenty twenty. And
0: it's going to be, you know, in the Merriam-Webster dictionary now, they're going to take those two words and they're just going to add it to the dictionary, new word, social distancing. It's like post-truth. That was the word of the year a couple of years ago, post-truth, whatever that means, <laughs> social distancing. I
1: love it. I love it. Yes. Uh, as well as Zoom in general, I think uh, their stock has gone through the roof uh, during this time. I think they went from 200,000 subscribers to like, two million or something overnight. So, uh, you know, but that it it is crazy and that's, that's what, but everything has been moving to online. And, and so obviously, you know, when we're, we're interacting online, our church leaders are interacting online. They're kind of, you know, engaging with, uh, the congregation and small groups and life groups and everything is going to a virtual setting. Uh, but obviously kids ministries are going online as well. And so, uh, that's something we're going to talk about today of how to do that carefully and make sure that, what you're doing is is the right way to do things to make sure you're protecting uh, the children as well as protecting you know the church. And so um, talk to us a little bit about that and kind of tee us up here, Josh.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You, you know, <laughs> kids ministers right now uh, understand that kids are anxious uh, and that they're experiencing a little bit of anxiety. Uh, they certainly understand that, that kids are a little stir crazy and they're doing everything that they can to reach kids online. Uh, and uh, do that in a way other than meeting them at church, and so really online is the only way to do that. You've got to got to reach kids where they are, and they're at home. And unless you're going from home to home and donning your hazmat suit in the process, uh, really online is the only way to do that. Uh, and so the the question then becomes: Okay, if we're going to reach children online. Hey, that's a great laudable goal, man. Kudos to you kids pastors who are out there doing that and doing the hard work and thinking outside of the box and being really creative on that. Here's the problem. All right. The problem is that when you do that, there are federal laws that automatically come into play that are so much more uh, robust and require so much more of you uh, as what the law would call an operator. You're operating an online forum through which children are communicating and through which you're interacting with kids uh, under the age of 13. 13 is the magic age, but I'm going to go ahead and, and say you really need to extend this on up to 18. If you're interacting with even a teenager online, you've got to be very, very, very careful about how you do that and what information you're collecting uh, online. So that's really where we're, what we're going to talk about. This is the, the Children's Online Privacy Protection Act or COPPA uh, that, that we're focusing on. And so uh, that's what we're going to talk about today. How can we interact with kids online carefully uh, and in compliance with COPPA, with this federal law?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I, you know, moving into even just one of our first points here, um, you know, a lot of church leaders don't even know what information they are gathering on these kids. Um, You know, how do we know what what information is actually being collected when we're interacting with kids online?
0: Yeah. You know, and I think church leaders know that they're collecting information. They just don't know that it's so important uh, that they're collecting yeah. that information. Yeah. Uh, you know, church leaders are, and especially kids leaders and kids ministry leaders are, are maybe just going online. Hey, we're going to have a Facebook live uh, chat with me online. Uh, and you can ask me a question and I'll answer it or watch this and uh, type your name below. And you might be able to win a, a uh, uh, I don't know,
1: a gift card a dozen or cookies, a or a tablet. gift card. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah.
0: Something to that, that degree. Uh, they're collecting information and that information is specifically defined by uh, the communication statutes, uh, the, the federal communication statutes, title 15 for any, any law nerds out there like me. It's in title 15, <laughs> chapter 65. So uh, anyway, so we've got to be very careful about how we do that, knowing that, listen, if you are interacting with somebody online uh, and it's a child and that child's name is on your screen. You have collected information. Okay, if you are asking a child to sign up for something online, you have just collected information from a child. Anything that you do that is specifically targeted towards a child automatically invokes these laws. Okay, so we have to be very careful in order to do that. So, absolutely, you are collecting information if you're interacting with a child on a Zoom call or on Facebook, or uh, if you have a video and you're pushing it out and you're wanting to make sure that children. Uh, see that video. uh, And there's an opportunity at any point whatsoever for them to input any kind of information. You are collecting information. You may not even know that you're collecting information. If you set up a Zoom call, chances are that, you know, you're going to send out an invite to this Zoom and that's going to set up a situation where they can now set up an account well, you may have access to that information through your own Zoom account or through your own Skype account or Google Meet or whatever. So if you have access to that kind of information, name, date of birth, address, email address, anything like that that's tied to a child, COPPA comes into play. All right, And we've got to make sure that we are uh, taking that information that we, and, and we're doing the appropriate things with it to make sure we're complying with this law because the fines are hefty. All right. The Federal Trade Commission is the one who enforces this law. And these are big, big, big fines that come out. And so we've got to make sure we're doing this right.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. So we talk about this. I mean, what are kind of the low hanging fruit when it comes to COPPA?
0: Yeah. So the best thing you can do, okay, a a lot of churches, the way they're interacting with kids right now online during the pandemic is through either Facebook Live or they're setting up Zoom or Skype or Google Meets. Okay. All that stuff is great. If you're doing it on a social media platform, the best thing you can do Is delete it when you don't need it anymore. Okay, that's one of the things COPPA requires. When you gather information from a child and you no longer need that information, the law requires you to delete it, to just destroy that information. Okay, so if you're interacting with kids on a Facebook Live post, okay, and they're on there and they're typing back to you, or uh, you invite them to come on with you uh, on on the video or whatnot on, on Facebook leave it up for a week or two. That's fine. Then delete the post. Okay. You don't need to leave it up there because you don't need it anymore. Okay. Yeah. Delete that post. You don't need that information. Okay. If there's a video out there and you're interacting with kids and a kid comes up and says, Hey, this is Johnny. And I'm here with Susie and, and, and Jimmy and we're um and my brother and sister. And, and here's how we're coping spiritually with the pandemic. Okay. Well, you've got their name on that video now and it's out on a social media platform. So, have it out there for a couple of weeks. That's fine. And then delete it. Take it, take it down. That's probably the most low hanging thing you can do is once those videos are over, maybe you use them and reuse them for a couple of weeks, get rid of them. You just don't need that information anymore. That's probably the best thing that you can possibly do. Um, You also need to make sure that you have a good privacy policy and we're going to have one of these uh, on the lawn church website. Make sure you've got a really good privacy policy Parents have an absolute 100% inalienable, immutable right to know what information you have on their child and what you plan to do with it, okay? A lot of times, we don't know that we've got information on the child, and we don't even know what we're going to do with it. We just have it, okay? And so we need to make sure we've got a good privacy policy that outlines step-by-step, here's the data that we may collect, here's the things we may do, and here's what we're going to do with that data, and if you have questions about it, here's who you call. You got to make sure you have one of those privacy policies, and we'll have it up on lawandchurch.com as well.
1: Yeah, and we've, uh, I mean, I've referenced this in the past, but I mean, we've done several episodes around privacy policies and what you need to do and where you need to keep that and who has access to that and who do they contact. to to get that privacy policy if it's not readily available. And there's there's lots of resources that we've done for that. So I definitely want to direct uh, those of you listening right now back to those previous episodes because it goes into more detail with that. Um, So what are some other things really that church leaders can do to make sure that they are in compliance?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So a couple of things. First of all, use Facebook groups, okay? If you're going to do any kind of social media interaction with a child, use a Facebook group, not a Facebook page, all right? Now, that is effective as long as that group is private, okay? Nobody joins that group unless you know who they are, okay? And you have to know who the parents are. Really, they need to sign in through a parental account or parents also need to be in the group. Use that Facebook group, and there's, there's a couple of different ways uh, that that helps you. Number one, because that's a Facebook group that is private, you now have a means of verifying that the parent has given consent to whatever online activity you're doing. Okay. And that's part of COPPA is making sure that you have verified parental consent to whatever you're doing online with their child. If you don't have a means of verifying a parent's consent to what you're doing, you're in violation of COPPA. Okay. That in and of itself is a violation. That doesn't mean that that there aren't other violations that are out there that you're just not going to get caught. Uh, unless you have this verified consent, if you don't have verified consent, you are not in compliance with COPPA, and so you've got to have a way of making sure you understand parents have to, have have consented to their child interacting with uh, with the church on this uh, this level. Okay, so make sure you have a closed Facebook group. That's a great way to do that. It's also a great way to make sure that you're using it specifically for, and it's it's clear to the world that you're using it specifically for interacting with the kid. It's not a marketing tool. Okay. The FTC can kind of back off a little bit when it's, Hey, we're just meeting online. We're interacting online. We're having fun with our church members and our kids online. If it's seen as marketing, now the FTC is going to start raising eyebrows a little bit higher and you're going to be under a little bit more scrutiny. Okay. And so if you use a closed Facebook group, where you can control who is in that group. It's seen less as the church marketing or advertising. Hey, come to our church or join our church or give to our church. It's seen less as that and more of ministry and the FTC will be a lot more lenient with you on something like that. So that's one, use your Facebook group. Uh, Again, we talked about this already. Don't leave those social media interactions up forever. Take them down. when You don't need the information that's in that anymore. Just go ahead and destroy them. That way you know you're in compliance there um we've talked about this this verified parental consent uh and again this is important because if you don't have that consent and you can't prove that you've got that consent you're in violation of coppa and so what the what you need to do the best way to go about doing this uh, there are several different ways actually the facebook group is one but if there are other ways that you're interacting with kids online uh maybe require a parent's email address maybe require Uh, a a password that you only give to parents. Uh, There's one password to get into this online uh, area of the website or whatnot, uh, but only parents know that password. Uh, That way, when they put that password in, guess what? You've got verified parental consent. They put that password in. Even better, have parents create their own password or give a password to specific parents uh, so that you know, hey, this is the password. That I gave to that parent. That parent put that password in. I've got their consent. Okay, so that's another good way to do it. Even if you re- require a credit card, and we're going to talk about this uh, next week when we talk about how churches can recoup expenses a little bit uh, in, in you know financially during the the pandemic and how we can financially kind of recover uh, from from everything that's gone on. Uh, it, it's okay to say, you know what, we're going to do this event. We're going to interact with these kids online, but in order to get your parental consent, I need to charge you one dollar on a credit card. All right. That's verified parental consent, because guess what? There's not a person under the age of 13 who has a credit card. So if you you require the use of a credit card, we're going to charge you a dollar to do this. Even if you refund that dollar later, that's fine. You just had verified parental consent. You can go back and prove that later if you need to. So there's all sorts of ways in which you can get that consent and then know where you're keeping information. And this is another big deal is a lot of times churches we, we gather a whole bunch of information. We want names and addresses, and we use all sorts of different uh, tools to do that. We'll use Constant Contact or MailChimp or some other email tool. We'll use uh, Eventbrite to sign up for events or some other uh, you know uh, event management tool, something like that. We use our, our church management software. We use Send Text Messages to hear or whatever. We've got to know where that data is, data is kept and this is less for for kids ministry leaders and more for your IT professionals, the the folks who are running your church's information technology must have an inventory of everywhere any kind of data on a child is kept because parents have an absolute right to come to you and say, destroy that data. They have the right to know what data you have on them, and they have the right to tell you to destroy it. If you don't even know where it is, it's going to be very hard for you to comply with that request. So make sure you know where that data is is. And there are a whole lot, COPPA is complicated. There's a whole lot of different nuances and definitions. There are safe harbors that are in the code of federal regulations that are not in the statute. Uh, there's all sorts of other stuff that we have to go into. So if you have questions on those or you need help developing this, uh, the, this COPPA compliance policy where we're complying with this ch- uh, Children's Online Privacy Protection Act, give us a call. That's what we're here for Uh, Again, we don't charge an arm and a leg for stuff like that. A couple hundred bucks will help you get something set up specific to your church uh, and and help you kind of uh, go through that process of organizing where the data is and determining what we're going to do with it in order to make sure we're in in compliance with this law.
1: Uh, Josh, where can they go to get some more information or if they have any questions like that?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Go to lawandchurch.com. Uh, there's a way that you can reach out to us through the website. You can uh, find us on Facebook at the Church Law Group uh, on Facebook. We've got a, a group set up there where you can ask questions and we'll certainly uh, provide some answers. We even tell a few law, uh, lawyer jokes here and there uh, in our in our Facebook group. So certainly feel free to join that. Uh, all sorts of way to interact with us. Email us, give us a phone call, whatever we can do to help. That's why we're here.
1: That's been another episode of Law and & Church, and all the resources we've talked about today will be in the show notes. Uh, you can get those show notes on the Church Law blog at thechurchlawgroup.com or on our podcast website at lawandchurch.com. And of course, the show notes will always be available in your favorite podcasting app. That's right. And go do us a favor. Please go subscribe and review our podcast. Listen, our heart is for the
0: local church, and there are church leaders who really need to hear this stuff. And your review and subscription of the podcast just makes it that much more likely. And certainly, we're going to be talking about stuff next week uh, that you're going to want to hear as we go into more detail. So uh, your subscription is also going to help make sure that you have access to that. And so uh, go do that. And then also, make sure to go join the Church Law Group on Facebook. Just go to Facebook, search Law and Church, and you'll find that group. You can also find the link in the show notes. Thanks everyone.
1: Yep. And we will uh, see you next week.